Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 26 of Revelation chapter 6 and we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 14. And uh, it says in Revelation 6:12, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And in our last study, we were looking at the fact that the Bible uh, throughout the Scripture paints the picture of Judgment Day as a day of darkness. We we looked at well over a dozen verses um, where again and again and again God was speaking of the sun being darkened and the moon not giving its light and the stars falling from heaven and 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 this would bring darkness upon the world now we we can prove from the bible that judgment day is a prolonged period of time that is when we read in Matthew 24 verse 29 the statement that immediately after the tribulation of those days the sun um, was darkened, we we can prove from Mark 13, verse 24, that that situation will be longer than a single day, because it says in Mark 13, verse 24, in those days after that tribulation, letting us know that when the sun is darkened and the moon is not giving its light and the stars are falling from heaven, that this is a prolonged um, experience. It, it is not taking place in a single day. In those days, plural, after that tribulation. And after the tribulation comes Judgment Day, which means that Judgment Day is an extended period of time. Now, we we don't learn from that place how long a period of time Judgment Day would be, but from elsewhere in the Bible, we have learned that there's a very good possibility that Judgment Day will continue for 1,600 days and thus completing the judgment of God as the Great Tribulation went for 8,400 days and 1,600 days added to that figure brings us to 10,000 total days of judgment completing the wrath of God upon all the unsaved, first those in the church and, and then following those in the world. And, and this is a, a good possibility for what God is doing. And, uh, and since we know absolutely, there's no question about this, that there is a period of days in which the Bible says the sun is darkened and the moon is not giving her light and the stars are falling that it must be spiritual, it must be figurative language, because it is not physically or literally possible for the sun to be dark and and all the events that the Bible refers to concerning the moon and stars to happen literally and the world to continue on for any time at all. If uh, those things happen that would be 
at the end of the world. The, the world would not be able to continue on, and certainly not for a period of days. And in addition, without the sun, moon, and stars, there are no timekeepers, and there would be no way of tracking time and, and keeping uh, a record of days any longer. They, they were created for times and seasons. And so we know God is giving us a spiritual picture. And what is that picture? Well, these are the lights, the sun, the moon, and the stars that lighten the world that, that God, um, put into place to teach about himself as the sun typifies God and his word as the moon, uh, is a representation of the word of God and of his people that carry forth that message, the stars. And they are the types and figures the Bible has put forth concerning the gospel, concerning the word of God that lightens the darkness of this world. This world is in the darkness of sin and corruption, and and it is only the word of God uh, in in the spiritual realm that can lighten that darkness and God did lighten the darkness as he uh, he saved individuals over the course of history and especially he um, shined a brilliant light into the world just recently during the great tribulation and saved a great multitude of people but this was all during the day of salvation And the Bible says the night cometh when no man can work. And and God joins the language of night with darkness in in the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, in verse 5, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And, And so it's very significant that immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened. That would bring night. And as Christ said in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 9, he said in verses 3 and 4, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And here the Lord is indicating that as long as it is day, then he will work. And and remember what the Bible says concerning the work of God. A little earlier in John, in John chapter 6, the Jews had asked Jesus in verse 28, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. And this is the work that the Lord Jesus Christ entered into the world to perform. He, he is the faith that saves sinners. It we're saved and justified by the faith of Christ, not by our own faith. And, and he does the work of God that 
certain ones predestinated to salvation would believe in a saving way through his faith. And that work, he can only work while it is day. And, uh, you know, the, the Bible tells us also how long the day lasts. Also in the Gospel of John, in, in John 11, in verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. And when would the night be? Well, it would come at the end of the twelve-hour day. And God uh, gave us a parable in Matthew in which um, a man who had a vineyard hired laborers to work in his vineyard from very early in the morning. And they went and worked and were told that he hired laborers at the third hour and the sixth and the ninth hour. And then finally, he hired laborers at the eleventh hour, the last group to be hired were hired at the 11th hour and the Hebrew day would would start at 6 a.m. and the 11th hour would be 5 p.m. and he hired them to work one hour. We know this is so because the other laborers complain when the work day is done and everyone is paid the same wage. And they say, we have borne the burden and brunt of the heat of the day. And yet these last who only worked one hour, you have made equal unto us. They received the same payment. And in that parable, God is instructing us concerning the reward for everyone that labors in his kingdom and in the gospel. And we all receive the same reward of eternal life. That's one major thing. But another truth that God is teaching through that parable is that the work day is 12 hours long. Just as Jesus said in uh, in the verse we just read, are there not 12 hours in the day? And then he refers to night that follows. And And as he said in John 9 verse 4, The night comes when no man can work. And he's referring to himself. He he cannot perform the work that the Father gave him to do any longer. And what is the work of God? That ye believe. That Christ will perform that work while it is day, the day of salvation. But the night comes, and the darkness he called night. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun is darkened, and there is darkness upon the earth spiritually. And one other thing to keep in mind is God identifies the great tribulation period as one hour, that last hour that the laborers went into the vineyard, and uh, and then finally the day ended. Well, that hour identifies with the little season of the Great Tribulation. And that's exactly what happened. God stirred up his people like never before. And many who had been idle 
now were put to work. They, they entered into the service of the Lord and went about the Lord's business and, and, uh, fervently got the gospel message out. It was the end of the day. And God told us exactly when the day of salvation would end. May 21 of 2011 ended the Great Tribulation, ended the last hour, that one hour of Great Tribulation, ended the 12-hour workday, ended the time in which Christ would work. Now the night cometh, immediately after the Tribulation, May 21, 2011, and continuing until our, our present time, and now no man can work. Christ is not working. He is no longer moving within his people to work and getting the gospel out that people might become saved. That work is done. And, and now we are in darkness in the world. This is the night that the Bible has spoken of. And well, let's, let's ask the question, what does the darkness bring? We've seen uh, again with many scriptures that God indicates judgment day is a day of darkness. And we also saw in our last study that it is through the shining of the light that God saves. And, and we know that God has ended his salvation program. He is no longer saving sinners because he is no longer shining the light of the gospel. Uh, as uh, that psalm, Psalm 80 says, verse 19, Turn us again, O Jehovah God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And, and now there is no shining of the sun. God, who is likened to the sun, is not shining. And as a result, no one is being saved. And, and yet that's one, uh, grievous truth that the Bible is teaching. But what else does the darkness bring? Well, let's go to Job. Job chapter 17. And I'll read a few verses here, beginning with verse 13. It says, If I wait, the grave is mine house. I have made my bed in the darkness. I have said to corruption, Thou art my father, to the worm, Thou art my mother and my sister, and where is now my hope? As for my hope, who shall see it? They shall go down to the bars of the pit when our rest together is in the dust. Now here, Job is describing the grave, and that is death. And remember, we have learned recently, as God opened up this information, that the grave identifies with hell in the Bible. And notice that death and the grave here is related to darkness in verse 13. I, If I wait, the grave is mine house. I have made my bed in the darkness. This is not the only place that uh, death and, and the grave is identified with darkness. In Psalm 88, it says in verse 3, I'll start reading there. Psalm 88.3, For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, 
free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves, Selah. Now here, this is a messianic psalm that is referring to the suffering of the Lord Jesus, but it is teaching us about spiritual darkness. And again, we find that darkness is identified with the grave and the pit and death and and all that identifies with hell. It identifies with the biblical teaching of hell. Darkness is uh, very closely related to hell itself. In Psalm 104, we read in verse 19, He appointed the moon for seasons, the sun knoweth his going down. Thou makest darkness, and it is night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. Now here God is indicating that at a time of darkness, beasts, young lions, seek their prey. Uh, I wanted to read that because that relates to uh, Revelation 6 in verse 8, which um, our present period of judgment day uh, is really summarized in this verse in Revelation 6 verse 8 and I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth see how the beasts come forth in the dark night and and that's where we are spiritually. Now let's uh, also go to Psalm 143. Psalm 143 and verse 3. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He has made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Darkness and death go hand in hand. Now we have, we have again, uh, entered into those days after that tribulation, and these are dark days for, for the earth, for the unsaved people of the world. Yes, unsaved people have always, uh, been in darkness, yet, uh, at the same time, God had a gospel available and during the church age, which continued for almost 2,000 years, there was light in the churches, and and the churches were carrying their message to the nations of the world. But then the light of the churches went out at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, when judgment began at the house of God. And there was a period of uh, virtual darkness, we could say, because uh, God was hardly, virtually not saving anyone for the first 2,300 years of the Great Tribulation. But still, it's possible a handful became saved, and yet there was hope of the latter rain. 
And following those 2300 days, the latter rain began to fall. God stretched forth his hand a second time to recover the remnant of his people. It was a second jubilee, a very happy time, a a blessed time for the people of the world, whether they realized it or not. Now the light was shining brilliantly once again all over the earth outside of the churches and congregations, and God was doing a mighty work of saving. He would save a great multitude of people from every tribe and nation and tongue. And and then that period of time ended because God finally concluded his salvation program. He saved the last of his elect and and therefore there was no further need to send the gospel into the world anymore. He has completed uh, his salvation program. He saved all he had intended to save. And now came the time, because God is perfect in his ability to work these things out uh, together, and, and he completed saving, and then came the time that the tribulation ended, and immediately after the tribulation, the sun was darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars fell from heaven. And this time, it would be permanent for the world. There is no other epochs of time, no other periods in which God intends to save a group. No, there was just the first fruits during the church age, and then finally the last to be gathered during the Feast of Ingathering, and and that would be it. No more salvation was available. Everyone whose name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life had been found. And now the darkness remains while God punishes the unsaved people of the world and simultaneously tests, severely tests his people to see whether they're true believers, whether they're gold, silver, precious stone, or whether they have uh, been deceived and, and are deceiving, and rather they're wood, hay, stubble. The spiritual fire that God lit will show this and and demonstrate which is the case. And now the world lies in darkness, and God has brought the world into the condition of hell. He has brought the unsaved inhabitants of the earth into a condition of hell. Now let me let me read a verse in Second Peter chapter two. It says in verse four, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Now here the Lord is is speaking of the fallen angels, Satan and the angels that became demons. They they were created good, but they fell, they followed the devil, and God judged them and cast them down to hell. Did they go to a place called hell? Uh, some location somewhere? 
No, no, they were still free on the earth. We we have every evidence of this. The Bible speaks of Satan going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We we have many instances of demonic activity recorded in the Gospels. They uh, they had free reign, and yet they were cast down to hell to a condition of being under the wrath of God. And notice also, it says in Second Peter 2, 4, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Notice the darkness. Now, this is a different Greek word, but it's very much the same idea. That, that there is darkness related to hell or the grave or death. Now, how were they uh, cast down to hell? And, and what is this chains of darkness? Chains of darkness means that God made no provision for the salvation of any of the fallen angels. He came and took upon him the seed of Abraham. He died for men and not for angelic beings. And and that means there was no light to shine upon the fallen angels. There was no light of the gospel that could enlighten their darkness. And, and, and this... Um, chained them, it, it kept them bound in an unsaved condition, in uh, condemnation uh, of being under the wrath of God, and ultimately and finally to be destroyed at the end of time. And uh, And so God refers to this spiritual condition as hell. They are in the condition of hell. Now, likewise, God has shut the door of heaven. He has put out the gospel light, as he says in Revelation chapter 18, in verse 23, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. And he's referring to Babylon, which in in turn, is a spiritual reference to the kingdom of Satan of this world, churches and outside the churches. No more light, not even the light of a candle, let alone the light of a sun. There will be no more light in thee, no voice of the bridegroom who is Christ, nor of the bride who is the body of believers. There is no more salvation. God has brought the world into chains of darkness. He has cast them down to hell, reserved for the very last day of the day of judgment, in which finally he will destroy every unsaved individual, along with every unsaved fallen angel. This is the the terrible um, truth. This is the terrible information the Bible is revealing at this time. Yes, these days are dark indeed. These days are days of the lowest pit. 